Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of his kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Friday, July 30th. It is prophesied in the book of Amos that in the last days there would be a famine in the land. Not a famine for food, but a famine for the word of God, as it is written in Amos 8, 11 and 12. Behold, the days come, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread nor thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea and from the north even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord and shall not find it. Even in the days of Joseph there were seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of famine. He had stored up grain for the seven years of famine. The Daily Audio Torah is your storehouse where you can get grain. It is twenty minutes every day of pure scripture flowing out, living manna to feed your spirit. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the New Living Translation for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Ekev, and it means, on the heel of. Deuteronomy 11, 1-10 Love therefore Hashem your God, and always keep His charge, His laws, His rules, and His commandments. Take thought this day that it was not your children who neither experienced nor witnessed the lesson of Hashem your God, His majesty, His mighty hand, His outstretched arm, the signs and the deeds that He performed in Egypt against Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and all his land. What He did to Egypt's army, its horses and chariots, how Hashem rolled back upon them the waters of the Sea of Reeds when they were pursuing you, thus destroying them once and for all, what he did for you in the wilderness before you arrived in this place, and what he did to Dathan and Abiram, sons of Eliab, sons of Reuben, when the earth opened up her mouth and swallowed them, along with their households, their tents, and every living thing in their train, from amidst all Israel. But that it was you who saw with your own eyes all the marvelous deeds that Hashem performed. 
Keep, therefore, all the instruction that I enjoin upon you today, so that you may have the strength to enter and take possession of the land that you are about to cross into and possess, and that you may long endure upon the soil that Hashem swore to your fathers to assign to them and to their heirs, a land flowing with milk and honey. For the land that you are about to enter and possess is not like the land of Egypt from which you have come. There the grain you sowed had to be watered by your own laborers like a vegetable garden. Second Chronicles 26.1-28.27 Then all the people of Yehuda took Uziahu, who was sixteen years old, and proclaimed him king to succeed his father, Amatiah. It was he who rebuilt Eloth and restored it to Yehuda after King Amatia slept with his fathers. Uziahu was sixteen years old when he became king, and he reigned fifty-two years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jechaliah of Jerusalem. He did what was pleasing to Hashem, just as his father Amatia had done. He applied himself to the worship of Hashem during the time of Zechariah, instructor in the visions of Hashem. During the time he worshipped Hashem, Hashem made him prosper. He went forth to fight the Philistines and breached the wall of Gath and the wall of Jabna and the wall of Ashdod. He built towns in the region of Ashdod and among the Philistines. Hashem helped him against the Philistines, against the Arabs who lived in Ger Baal and the Menunites. The Ammonites paid tribute to Uziahu, and his fame spread to the approaches of Egypt, for he grew exceedingly strong. Uziahu built towers in Jerusalem on the corner gate and the valley gate, and on the angle, and fortified them. He built towers in the wilderness and hewed out many cisterns, for he had much cattle and farmers in the foothills and on the plain, and vine-dressers in the mountains, and on the fertile lands, for he loved the soil. Uziahu had an army of warriors, a battle-ready force, who were mustered by Jiel, the scribe, and Messiah, the adjutant under Shanania, one of the king's officers. The clan chiefs, valiants, totaled 2,600. Under them was the trained army of 307,500 who made war with might and power to aid the king against the enemy. Uziahu provided them, the whole army, with shields and spears and helmets and mail and bows and slingstones. He made clever devices in Jerusalem set on the towers and the corners for shooting arrows and large stones. His fame spread far, for he was helped wonderfully and he became strong. When he was strong, he grew so arrogant, he acted corruptly. He trespassed against his God by entering the temple of Hashem to offer incense on the incense altar. The Kohen Azariah, with eighty other brave Kohenim of Hashem, followed him in, and confronting King Uziahu, said to him, It is not for you, Uziahu, to offer incense to Hashem but for the Aaron Kohanim, who have been consecrated to offer incense. Get out of the sanctuary, for you have trespassed. There will be no glory in it for you from Hashem. Uziahu 
holding the censer and ready to burn incense, got angry. But as he got angry with the Kohanim, leprosy broke out on his forehead in front of the Kohanim in the house of Hashem, beside the incense altar. When the chief Kohen, Azariah, and all the other Kohanim looked at him, his forehead was leprous, so they rushed him out of there. He too made haste to get out, for Hashem had struck him with a plague. King Uziahu was a leper until the day of his death. He lived in isolated quarters as a leper, for he was cut off from the house of Hashem, while Jotham, his son, was in charge of the king's house and governed the people of the land. The other events of Uziahu's reign, early and late, were recorded by the Navi Yeshayahu, son of Amos. Uziahu slept with his fathers in the burial field of the kings, because, they said, he was a leper. His son, Jotham, succeeded him as king. Jotham was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned 16 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jerusha, daughter of Zadok. He did what was pleasing to Hashem, just as his father Uziahu had done, but he did not enter the temple of Hashem. However, the people still acted corruptly. It was he who built the upper gate of the house of Hashem. He also built extensively on the wall of Afal. He built towns in the hill country of Yehuda, and in the woods he built fortresses and towers. Moreover, he fought with the king of the Ammonites and overcame them. The Ammonites gave him that year one hundred kikarim of silver, and ten thousand kor of wheat, and another ten thousand of barley. That is what the Ammonites paid him, and likewise in the second and third years. Jotham was strong because he maintained a faithful course before Hashem his God. The other events of Jotham's reign, all his battles and his conduct, are recorded in the book of the kings of Israel and Yehuda. He was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned 16 years in Jerusalem. Jotham slept with his fathers and was buried in the city of David. His son Achaz succeeded him as king. Achaz was 20 years old when he became king, and he reigned 16 years in Jerusalem. He did not do what was pleasing to Hashem as his father David had done, but followed the ways of the kings of Israel. He even made molten images for the Baals. He made offerings in the valley of Ben-Hinnom and burned his sons in the fire, in the abhorrent fashion of the nations, which Hashem had dispossessed before the Israelites. He sacrificed and made offerings at the shrines on the hills and under every leafy tree. Hashem his God delivered him over to the king of Aram, who defeated him and took many of his men captive, and brought them to Damascus. He was also delivered over to the king of Israel, who inflicted a great defeat on him. Pekah, son of Remaliah, killed 120,000 in Yehuda, all brave men, in one day, because they had forsaken God of their fathers. Zikri, the champion of Ephraim, killed Messiah, the king's son, and Azikram, chief of the palace, and Elkanah, the second, to the king. The Israelites captured 200,000 of their kinsmen, women, boys, and girls. They also took a large amount of booty from them and brought the booty to Shomron, Samaria. 
A Navi of Hashem by the name of Oded was there, who went out to meet the army on its return to Shomron. He said to them, Because of the fury of God of your fathers against Yehuda, he delivered them over to you, and you killed them in a rage that reached heaven. Do you now intend to subjugate the men and women of Yehuda and Jerusalem to be your slaves? As it is, you have nothing but offenses against Hashem, your God. Now then, listen to me and send back the captives you have taken from your kinsmen, for the wrath of Hashem is upon you. Some of the chief men of the Ephraimites, Azariah, son of Jochanan, Berekah, son of Meshalamoth, Jechaziah, son of Shalom, and Amasa, son of Hadlai, confronted those returning from the campaign, and said to them, Do not bring these captives here, for it would mean our offending Hashem, adding to our sins and our offenses. For our offense is grave enough, and there is already wrath upon Israel. So the soldiers released the captives and the booty in the presence of the officers and all the congregation. Then the men named above proceeded to take the captives in hand, and with the booty they clothed all the naked among them. They clothed them and shod them and gave them to eat and drink and anointed them and provided donkeys for all who were failing and brought them to Jericho, the city of Palms, back to their kinsmen. Then they returned to Shomron. At that time, King Achaz sent to the king of Assyria for help. Again, the Edomites came and inflicted a defeat on Yehuda and took captives. And the Philistines made forays against the cities of the Shephelah and the Negev of Yehuda. They seized Beit Shemesh and Aijalon and Gedarath and Soko with its villages, and Timnah with its villages, and Gimzo with its villages, and they settled there. Thus Hashem brought Yehuda low on account of King Achaz of Israel, for he threw off restraint in Yehuda and trespassed against Hashem. Tilagath Pilneser, king of Assyria, marched against him and gave him trouble instead of supporting him. For Achaz plundered the house of Hashem and the house of the king and the officers and made a gift to the king of Assyria, to no avail. In his time of trouble, this king Achaz trespassed even more against Hashem, sacrificing to the gods of Damascus, which had defeated him. For he thought, The gods of the kings of Aram help them. I shall sacrifice to them, and they will help me. But they were his ruin, and that of all Israel. Achaz collected the utensils of the house of Hashem, and cut the utensils of the house of Hashem to pieces. He shut the doors of the house of Hashem, and made himself altars in every corner of Jerusalem. In every town in Yehuda he set up shrines to make offerings to other gods, vexing the God of his fathers. The other events of his reign and all his conduct, early and late, are recorded in the book of the kings of Yehuda and Israel. Achaz slept with his fathers and was buried in the city in Jerusalem. His body was not brought to the tombs of the kings of Israel. His son, Chizkiyahu, succeeded him as king. Romans 13, 1-14 
Everyone must submit to the governing authorities, for all authority comes from God, and those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. So anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and they will be punished. For the authorities do not strike fear in people who are doing right, but in those who are doing wrong. Would you like to live without fear of the authorities? Do what is right, and they will honor you. The authorities are God's servants and sent for your good. But if you are doing wrong, of course you should be afraid, for they have the power to punish you. They are God's servants, sent for the very purpose of punishing those who do what is wrong. So you must submit to them, not only to avoid punishment, but also to keep a clear conscience. Pay your taxes, too, for these same reasons. For the government workers need to be paid. They are serving God in what they do. Give to everyone what you owe them. Pay your taxes and government fees to those who collect them, and give respect and honor to those who are in authority. Owe nothing to anyone except for your obligation to love one another. If you love your neighbor, you will fulfill the requirements of God's law. For the commandments say, you must not commit adultery. You must not murder. You must not steal. You must not covet. These and other such commandments are summed up in this one commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to others. So love fulfills the requirements of God's Torah. This is all the more urgent, for you know how late it is. Time is running out. Wake up! For our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here. So remove your dark deeds, like the dirty clothes, and put on the shining armor of right living. Because we belong to the day, we must live decent lives for all to see. Don't participate in the darkness of wild parties and drunkenness or in sexual promiscuity and immoral living, or in quarreling and jealousy. Instead, clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Yeshua HaMashiach, and don't let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. Psalm 23, 1-6 The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Proverbs 20:11. Even children are known by the way they act, whether their conduct is pure and whether it is right.
I'd like to speak to you today from Second Chronicles 26 through 28. And so let's just jump in. And in chapter 26, we have a new king who is ruling over Yehuda, and this king is Uziahu. In verse 4, this tells what he was like. He did what was pleasing to Hashem, just as his father Amatia had done. Verse 5, he applied himself to the worship of Hashem during the time of Zechariah, instructor in the visions of Hashem. During the time he worshipped Hashem, Hashem made him prosper. So here's the principle. Uziahu starts out well, but again, later in life, he takes a turn for the worse. Let's look at verse 15. Uziahu made clever devices in Jerusalem and set on the towers and the corners for shooting arrows and large stones. His fame spread far, for he was helped wonderfully, and he became strong. That was his snare, and that was his trap. Look at verse 16. When he was strong, he grew so arrogant, he acted corruptly. He trespassed against his God by entering the temple of Hashem to offer incense on the incense altar. So his pride was his downfall. Now, in the Torah, it is taught that only the Leviim, the Kohen, were allowed to go into the holy place to offer incense. Not just any person could go in, not even the king. And this is reminiscent of another instance when David is moving the ark from one place to another, and he doesn't follow the protocol that is listed for us in the Torah, and instead of it being carried on the poles upon the shoulders of the Kohanim, the Levite priests, instead he places it on an ark, and then when the or a cart, and then when the cart, which is pulled by uh, donkeys, uh, hits a, a rough place on the road and the ark is wobbling, Uzzah puts his hand out to try to stop the ark from falling. And immediately, God strikes him dead. The temple and everything associated to the temple is very holy, set apart. And it was very important that we follow the protocols that are listed in the Torah for how to approach God in that set-apart place. So, Kohen comes to him. And, and confronts him in verse 18 and tells him, It is not for you, Uzziah, to offer incense to Hashem, but for the Aaronite Kohanim who have been consecrated to offer incense. Get out of the sanctuary, for you have trespassed. There will be no glory in it for you from Hashem. Verse 19, Uzziahu, holding the censer and ready to burn incense, got angry. But as he got angry with the Kohanim, leprosy, broke out on his forehead in front of the Kohanim in the house of Hashem beside the incense altar. I can think of another instance when leprosy broke out. And in that other instance, pride and rebellion was involved, just like there's pride and rebellion involved in this situation. And it was when Miriam and Aaron were confronting Moses and questioning his authority and saying, 
Does God only speak to you? Doesn't he also speak to us as well? And then leprosy breaks out all over Miriam. So the Israel Bible commentary to this verse that we just read reads as, fo um, reads as follows. Emboldened by his success, Uziahu is not satisfied with being just a king. He wishes to be a Kohen as well. Since he is not a descendant of the house of Levi, he is barred from priesthood, and his attempt to offer a sacrifice of incense defiles the temple, the Beit Hamikdash. Therefore, he contracts a form of ritual impurity, even while attempting to bring a sacrifice in the temple, a place in which ritual impurity is usually barred. Rashi writes that this action causes the earthquake that shook the land of Israel in the days of Uziahu, see Amos 1.1 and Zechariah 14.5. This shows the spiritual sensitivity of the land of Israel. Not only is Uziahu punished, but the land itself reacts to the violation of God's command. So again, we see in this example of this king that he began well, but he did not finish well. Um, Verse 21, he was a leper until the day of his death, and he lived in isolated quarters as a leper, and he was cut off from the house of Hashem. Continuing on in chapter 27, our next king is Jotham, and he's 25 years old when he became king. He reigned 16 years in Jerusalem. Verse 2, he did what was pleasing to Hashem, just as his father Uziahu had done, but he did not enter the temple of Hashem. However, the people still acted corruptly. I wonder why he didn't enter the temple of Hashem. Maybe the fear of God was in him because he was thinking about what happened to his father, who went into the temple to offer incense, and he was out of order, and then he was struck with leprosy for the rest of his life. So the Israel Bible commentary to that verse reads as follows. While Jotham is remembered as a good and righteous king, he fails to influence the people in a significant way. In fact, the people continue their rebellions against Hashem and his worship. As is clear throughout the Tanakh, a king is in a unique position to have significant impact on his subjects. Chiziahu, for example, is able to create positive change, bringing the nation to a spiritual state that they had not reached since the days of Solomon. Manasseh, on the other hand, leads the people to a spiritual low point. Therefore, though Jotham is considered a good king, he is remembered as a king who failed in his mission to cause the people to repent. Doing what is right is not enough. We must influence and inspire others to do so as well. Continuing on in Second Chronicles chapter 28, we now have another king that we're looking at, and it's Achaz. He's 20 years old when he became king, and he reigned for 16 years in Jerusalem. But he follows the ways of the kings of Israel to the north, of the northern kingdom. He even made molten images for the Baals. Verse 3, he made offerings in the valley of Ben-Hinnom and burned his sons in fire in the abhorrent fashion of the nations which Hashem had dispossessed before the Israelites. The modern-day equivalent of that practice is abortion. And 
when a woman is in either her first or possibly even her second trimester and makes the decision to abort her baby, one way that the abortion is accomplished is by injecting a salt saline solution up into the womb, the uterus, and literally the baby is burned alive. And that is the equivalent of what this king did. He burned his sons in fire in the abhorrent fashion of the nations, which Hashem dispossessed before the Israelites. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. Unlike his father and grandfather, Achaz was an evil king who reintroduces systematic idol worship and intentionally spreads it to every city in the kingdom. In this verse, we are told that he worships Baal and burns his children in the valley of Hinnom. In biblical times, this cursed valley was known as the place where the sinful Israelites worshipped the false god Baal and offered their children as sacrifices to the fire god Molech. Therefore, this valley, which is located just outside of the present-day Jerusalem Old City walls, was thought to be cursed. Figuratively, it became associated with hell. As the sages teach, the gate to hell lies between two palm trees in the valley of Hinnom, from which smoke is continually rising. The term Gehenna, referring to hell, is is derived from the Hebrew name for the valley, Gai Ben Hinnom, a valley soaked in the blood of innocent children. So we can learn much from these succession of kings, and we all have an opportunity to be an influence in our sphere of influence. We are all leaders in our own right, leaders in our families, leaders in our congregations, leaders in our neighborhoods, in our communities. People are watching, and we can be an influence for good or for evil. And so that other commentary was really well said. Um, You can be a good king and do the right thing, but if you don't influence the nation to follow the God of Israel and to walk in his ways and to keep his commands and to follow the Torah, then you've failed in your mission. We are to be influencers and to lead people to Yeshua and to influence them to follow his Torah by the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, help us to be those influencers. Help us to be leaders, and that we would lead by what we do, by our actions, and that we would be able to influence our families, our loved ones, our communities. May we shine the light and the love of Yeshua everywhere we go. In Yeshua's name, Amen. Adonai, 
Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. <laughs>